Hey, my name is Zach, and this is the Plaid Jacket Philosopher, the podcast for tradespeople and the blue-collar middle class. I'm hoping to punch a few holes in the stereotypes that surround blue-collar workers and hopefully share a lot of the stories about how we got into our line of work and the honest joy you can get from working outside of the office space. The plan is to mix in interviews as well as some solo stories from job sites, fatherhood, and personal experience that led me to where I am today. Some will be funny, some will be personal, but hopefully any and all content here can help broaden what your opinion is of the blue-collar middle class. Hey everybody, I hope your week is going well. Uh, today I had an interview planned to be released, but I think I'm just going to release uh, another solo one here. The interview got pushed off for unforeseen reasons, so that's fine. It'll be back next week. Um, this week I was actually going to talk about fear, and ironically, just today I had another scary experience as a dad. My two-year-old, we thought he may have broken his foot today. Uh, he's definitely the wild child of our four boys and he jumped off of his, uh, play chest and seemed to have rolled his ankle or sprained it or something. But for a while there, we thought his foot was broken because he couldn't walk properly, was limping around and couldn't push off or put any pressure on it. So anyway, just got back from the hospital, found out everything's good, but you know, that's great. <laughs> but for a while there, that was pretty scary tonight for me and my wife. And uh, so anyway, it's kind of inspired me to do this episode on fear. I'd actually recorded one about it, I don't know, a few weeks ago. Then my buddy Mark, he released one that was so eerily similar that I had to redo it myself. So here goes. I'm going to start this episode off with a little quote, and it's from uh, the author Frank Herbert, who wrote Dune and the Dune series. Uh, so he says, fear is the mind killer. Fear is the little death that brings total obliteration. I will face my fear. I will permit it to pass over me and through me. And when it has gone past, I will turn the inner eye to see its path. Where the fear has gone, there will be nothing. Only I will remain. And that quote to me is, is pretty cool because it doesn't deny you know, that fear is powerful, that it's a, it can be a powerful motivator when it talks about I will permit it to pass over me and through me. I mean, we're all afraid of things and there's nothing we can really do to change that or to alter that. We can change our viewpoint on them, but, you know, fear fear can be a very powerful motivator in a lot of ways. It can stop people dead in their tracks at times if you let it, but I try to... I'm going to try to display in this podcast anyway how we should try to change our perception of fear or the way that we look at it and the way that we let it kind of motivate us rather than stopping us in our tracks because it can be an equally powerful motivator as love or as compassion or anything else that you would typically think of that drives you forward. Fear to me is just more of a kind of push at your back rather than something that's drawing you in. I mean, love is great for a motivator, compassion, any of that is awesome, but it kind of, you're being drawn towards it, whereas fear kind of pushes you along. At least that's in my mindset. It's something that behind that's behind you that's kind of lurking at you and that you're almost, I mean, you can view it as running away from it, but a lot of the times, you know, that's a fear of failure and everybody has it. So to frame it in a negative light, I don't think is very productive. I mean, if we all feel that way, it can't be that negative. I mean, it can be a, a very positive force pushing us forward. I mean, for me personally, the biggest fear right now in my life, I mean, apart from things happening to my kids or my wife, you know, that's that's pretty standard and goes without really needing an explanation. But the fear with this podcast is massive. Like, and as I kind of referenced earlier, but um, Mark, who who does the episode Hey Mark, or sorry, the podcast Hey Mark, 
he he really kind of kicked my ass into gear to get this thing going basically just telling me not to worry about you know what people are going to say what people think you know you're going to kind of draw your own crowd in and he really just kind of gave me that reassurance that uh that kind of anchor to move forward just doing what i wanted to do and he never said it this way but it really it kicked into frame pretty quickly for me is just that fear of so a first off now that i've put it out i'm terrified of what people will think of me that's just you know my own insecurities coming out and you know whenever you release a podcast like this especially the first episode i mean it's so personal to actually put your voice out there publicly it's a really weird feeling you know if that's something that you're drawn to though do it because for me what was the biggest fear involved more so than actually putting my voice out there was the failure or the fear of just never doing it of having that regret and that's kind of nowadays my biggest push forward i think is just not wanting to have a regret having fears that i will have regrets looking back in life and i would rather just move forward not worrying that i've missed out on an opportunity or that i cut myself off from an opportunity so now what i'm doing rather than fear kind of stopping me in my tracks like i said i mean i'm still afraid every episode that i release and these solo ones are a lot scarier to me than the interview ones because at least in an interview you know i've got somebody to bounce kind of back and forth off of and if it doesn't go very well it's really easy to say that you know there was some shared responsibility in that but when these solo one comes out comes out it's it's just me like i'm the only one who's at fault for it falling flat i'm the one at fault if it sucks and so that part of it is scary but now moving forward i'm more afraid of missing out on these opportunities of not doing what i wanted to do out of fear of you know failure failure or being i don't know somehow looked down upon for the opinions that i have but I'm just, it's changing your viewpoint on it. And I think that's a really important step and an important realization with fear is that you can let it hinder you and let it stop you dead in your tracks, or you can let it push you forward as you're almost running away from that fear, but not in a cowardly sense, just in using it as kind of the wind at your back, the wind in your sails pushing you forward because you don't want to stay stagnant or you don't want to let it catch up to you. You want to stay one step ahead. And that's what I'm trying to do now at this point in my life. I mean, I'm going to be 31 next month in no way is that old but it also it's kind of I don't know it made me think about different things like looking back I mean I think I've been listening to podcasts probably for four to five years now and it's something that I always would have liked to have done but again I was always afraid of getting started afraid of putting my voice out there and now I'm more afraid that I'm going to regret not doing it if you know what I mean. So anyway, that's a really long-winded way of saying that if you can frame your fear in a way that it's pushing you forward as opposed to being a wall in front of you, do it. The worst thing, and the more that I kind of read about different people, different life stories, the biggest issue in people's lives as they get older are regrets, things that they didn't do or things that they allowed other people or their own insecurities to stop them from doing. So I challenge you to frame being afraid of, be afraid of regret, be afraid of living not your, you know, ideal, your dream life, do whatever you can to kind of 
push through that barrier and just frame it in a different mindset. And you know what? Since kind of overcoming that initial fear, I've had so many different doorways and just walls come down in front of me. I mean, when I first started out, I had zero interviews lined up. And then, I mean, my first one was my buddy, Doug, who I'm incredibly grateful for to kind of just let me practice even just a basic 30 minute interview skill set with which I think definitely wasn't ideal. But it's my first step there, you know, and I mean, even Okay, so here's kind of going off on a tangent, but Malcolm Gladwell, he kind of has that theory of, you know, it takes 10,000 hours of practice to become a master at something. And when I looked back this week, I have 11 episodes released, and I think I'm just shy of seven hours of recorded material. So seven out of 10,000, I think I'm at 0.07% of becoming a quote unquote master of this, or at least having a handle on this. So when I look Even now, that's how I kind of frame my mindset moving forward, that all of this stuff is just practice. I'm practice, practice, practice. I'm not going to be, you know, amazing at this yet. Nobody is amazing at this at the beginning. I mean, even I was listening to an episode of Rogan recently where he talked about in the beginning he was getting 20 downloads a week. That guy now gets millions upon millions of downloads every episode, and he's releasing, you know, upwards of five episodes every week sometimes. So I don't have aspirations to get that good. That guy's a professional. But just even now, my fear, I'm trying to frame it differently, that this is all practice, this is all moving me forward, and this is getting me towards kind of that goal. And I'm only, like I said, 0.07% of the way there. So I really find that motivating now as opposed to being worried about download numbers or subscribers. You know what? To me, this is all practice. I'm all just doing whatever I can to put the time in to get better at this. And so anyway, going back to these door doorways opening and these walls coming down, I mean, my first interview was with Doug. Then I got uh, Gary, who is transitioning from a career in painting and demolition cleanup to being a hypnotherapist, like he's following his dream, he's following his passion. And that was so cool to me to kind of start to get linked up with these like minded people. Recently, I've just been finding it's been happening more and more. (coughs) Excuse me. (coughs) Oh, it's the Rona. I'm just kidding. I'm fine. Um, But yeah, all these different opportunities are kind of opening up now. I have different interviews. People are now, you know, asking to be interviewed on here, which I think is amazing. Um, I don't know if I'll be able to release all of them because, you know, not all interviews are that great. <laughs> I I screw some up, you know, sometimes we just don't click, but I'm really looking forward to the opportunity to talk to more and more people. And so, you know, you never know what's around the corner. If you finally kind of get through that initial wall of fear, so many things can open up to you, so many things that you really, you couldn't have even dreamed to have asked for. But once you kind of kick that initial door down, everything opens up. And so that's one thing to kind of keep in mind that I would challenge you to kind of take that first step forward. And then you'll realize that with each step, it gets a little bit easier and a little bit easier. And you start to get more accustomed to it. You feel more comfortable. And it's just, it's so much easier. But the only way to do it is to take that first step, which is always, always the hardest. And the other thing too, is that You know, my biggest fear, like I said, it's insecurities. It's worrying about kind of those naysayers or people who doubt you or say it's kind of, it's a stupid idea, a stupid endeavor. I mean, to me, this is a podcast. It's free. You can listen or you don't have to listen. It's not something that 
I'm ever going to try to, you know, shove down anybody's throats, but it's something I really enjoy doing and I'm hoping to get better. And everybody who does listen, thank you so much. Seriously. I know that I put in a little thank you at the end of every episode, but I mean it like to every little bit of uh, feedback that I get or recommendations or anything, any kind of constructive criticism. I'm so thankful for you. You have no idea. It just, it, it means the world to me. Some days I think, you know what, I should just quit this altogether. Like it's, you know, it's whatever it's, I'm spending a lot of time trying to think of topics or trying to, you know, read, broaden my knowledge base to try to have more to talk about. And some days it just feels like a lot. And then I'll get that one message. Like I have essentially an aunt, Shelly, who, you know, she reached out two weeks ago with just this amazing heartfelt message about one of the episodes that I had done. I can't remember which episode now, but it just meant the world to me. Like it just spurred me on for the next two weeks. And then, you know, every week since then, you know, you get a message like somebody says, hey, thanks a lot for that interview. That meant a lot. And that just keeps pushing me forward and forward and forward. And that that kind of stuff, it goes a long way. But again, you'll never get that if you're always fearing just the naysayers. Because you know what? A lot of the time, they don't want or know what's best for you. They don't know what your real dreams are. And so, you know, don't worry about them. And no, none of them are ever going to say anything until you all of a sudden start pursuing your dreams and start really going for it. So really try to put that out of your mind if you have some of the same insecurities that I do. And again, I mean, this could apply to anything, whether it's asking for that job promotion or, you know, I know for me, I had massive anxiety when it came to asking girls out or, you know, obviously before I met my wife and with my wife, I was anxious as hell. Like luckily we met online because I was actually uh, working out of town doing two weeks on one week off and working night shift at the time. So I think I've explained it before, but when you're working two weeks on night shift, it usually takes you two days just to acclimate back to being awake during the day. So realistically, you've got 14 days at work, two days of acclimating, three days of actual rest, and then two days trying to acclimate yourself back to night shift. And then you've got another 14 days on nights. So it's a pretty hellish schedule. I mean, other people have a lot worse. I'm not military or anything like that. So I really, I'm not complaining, but it wasn't exactly the ideal lifestyle to meet somebody and I really wanted to meet somebody special I felt like I was at that stage in my life and so I me and my wife met and we met online which kind of helped with my my anxiety a little bit and then when we did meet in person we'd already talked for nearly two weeks while I was out of town and so that was that was pretty good for me but even then like I had I had tons of anxiety meeting up with her and just talking to her and, you know, asking her out and asking her on a next date and everything. But again, your biggest fear is going to be your regret. If I had never asked her out, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have, I don't even know what my life would look like, to be honest. I wouldn't have my kids, my family. I mean, I wouldn't have had half my shit together that I do now. There's no way I would own a house. I'm almost positive of that because she really reined me in. And I am so thankful for that. But all of that would have been completely impossible if I had froze when all of my instincts told me to freeze. When I, you know, I mean, I met her, I was stunned. She was beautiful. She was way out of my league. She is way out of my league. But, you know, I kind of just that first step, that hardest step is that first one. And then things just start to snowball from there. It's a real snowball effect. Start to pick up steam, stick up, pick up momentum. 
And now I look back at the last six years, almost since we got married, and I can't picture my life being any other way. If I had never asked her out, you know what? I would still be, I would be regretting that to this day. And I would have no idea what I had missed out on, but I would have missed out on everything, literally everything that I hold dear. So really try to push through that fear. Again, like all these, all these episodes seem to, I feel like I'm just repeating myself, the kind of mantra or the idea behind each episode, but that's this one. It's to push through that initial wall or barrier of fear. Once you get through that, everything starts to roll downhill. You really start to be able to pick up steam. And actually, that's going to kind of roll right into this next quote that I had. So it's by Paolo Coelho, who is the author of The Alchemist. And he says, he says this, okay, tell your heart that the fear of suffering is worse than the suffering itself, and that no heart has ever suffered when it goes in search of its dreams, because every second of the search is a second's is a second's encounter with God and with eternity. And that again, that's kind of just laying out this same thing. Like, it's really tough to get your head around that. And it's something that I've been working on recently, kind of with every step forward again, like I'm still terrified putting out these episodes, especially these solo ones. It's just, it's kind of a different, it's a whole different ball of wax. And it's a different I don't know, a uh, challenge to overcome, but I, I enjoy it. Like I really, I really need kind of a challenge and a goal. That's how kind of my head works. That's how my drive works. And so this has kind of become that now. And, but this quote is just, it's perfect. It's trying to get, trying to get in your head that, that the fear is much worse than the actual than the actual suffering that you're going to encounter. And that's, again, related to this podcast. That's exactly what I felt. That would be the exact same thing as with my wife. I mean, my biggest fear would have been that she would have turned me down, you know, and that I could have dealt with. But the idea of never having asked her out, I can't even fathom at this point. So really, it's something to try to try to keep in mind for yourself. And when it comes to work, I mean, I know I like to normally try to relate everything to work and relationships and then to family or fatherhood in my case. But I mean, fear, I don't know if it necessarily comes into play at work that often. Um, I mean, I'm not talking about a fear of heights or a fear of spiders, because I have a massive fear of spiders, which as an electrician working in primarily residential workspaces isn't the greatest. If I go into a crawl space, I'm guaranteed to come face to face with a spider, usually a monster wolf spider. I hate them, but even that's something I've tried to work on. Uh, When I was an apprentice, there's no way. I remember one time I was working under a trailer home. So those ones usually, if anybody here is a tradesperson, you know exactly what I'm talking about. There's usually a lot more openings, bigger cracks, and those crawl spaces are horrible. They're usually mud, clay, or sand on the bottom. I mean, you're lucky if you get a concrete pad. And this one was horrendous. I had crawled under on my belly trying to look for this one spot that we were poking a wire out. Well, anyway, I had my headlamp on, belly crawling, commando crawling underneath there got all the way into the middle. And then I finally, I kind of knew I was getting close to the location. I had my journeyman at the time tapping on the floorboards above. And so I could kind of hear I was right in the area. I turned around. And the reason why I had commando crawled is because I did not want to see what was on top of me, what was above me, because then I, I would have frozen for sure. Anyway, I spun around. And there is a massive, massive spider nest. Like it probably spanned 
15 by 15 feet all around me. It felt like I was dead center in it. And I froze there for probably two hours. I know that I I think I was making excuses as to why it was taking me a while. saying, You know, I can't, I can't find the hole. I can't see it. And then I think my journeyman kind of understood what was going on. And I was, I was frozen. I, I had never felt that kind of fear in my life. Um, I literally, I could not move. And that kind of had me frozen in place. And, but it's something that now that I've worked on, I mean, I, I still carry a hammer around with me whenever I'm going underground and I try to glove up and have long sleeves and everything, but it's something I've gotten better with. I don't really know. It's, it's not something I've ever gotten over. So, I mean, I can't really, I don't have any pointers. I mean, I should probably go see Gary about phobias, but he's in England. I'll have to see if he can do some, uh, some Skype sessions or whatever. But that's definitely been a phobia of mine, and it's something that I've had to work on for the trade. But, you know, that that isn't really the fear that I'm talking about here. It's more of kind of that existential, that inner fear that we all have that kind of prevents us from moving forward with whatever dream or whatever goal we have. That's more of what I'm focusing on here, because if you want to you work on a phobia, I think you're going to need uh, a specialist for that. Again, Go look up Gary. <laughs> he has his uh, his hypnotherapy is all based on phobias and anxiety. So, you know, I'm probably going to have to phone him up and see if there's anything I can do about that. But at this point in my life, I'm not doing as many crawl spaces or running into as many spiders as I used to. So I've been uh, I've been coping with it. But apart from that, so again, going back to fear with parenting, it's massive for me. And to any parents out there who I'm who are listening, you know exactly what I'm talking about. I mean, I have a fear. My wife is so much, so much better with the kids than I am when we're out in public. I think it's mostly because she just knows them better. The fact that she's a stay-at-home parent and she sees them all the time. She knows what their levels of trust are and what their boundaries are and that they won't push them. Whereas me, if I'm taking, especially our two-year-old, who again, we thought may have broken his foot tonight. He didn't, thank God, but he is the wild man of the crew. But him, like, he'll really, really push my boundaries, especially because I'm I'm always worried about something happening, you know, if I lose track of the kids or whatever, especially that we have four of them. I mean, one of them can slip out of your line of sight pretty quickly. But with the kids, like, I'm always fearful of something happening to them of them getting lost or running off or, you know, stranger danger or whatever the case may be. And my wife is just so good with it. She's got such a high level of trust with the kids. She knows how far each of them will push it and when they'll come back. And she just knows that none of them are going to run off. So she's a lot better at that than I am. Um, But I mean, again, any parent listening to this, you're going to know what I mean. I mean, you have fear. I think the biggest moment of fear is when you first hold your child. And I mean, I have one friend who I know listens to this, Dylan, and he's expecting his first boy shortly. But I mean, A, it's the most amazing moment of your life. It's when I fell even harder in love with my wife, just realizing how strong and how amazing she was for giving birth to our child. But then that first moment when you pick them up and you've you've never cradled anything softer in your life, like that, <laughs> that sense of fear that you could accidentally drop them or accidentally squeeze too hard or twist your elbow the wrong way so their neck goes the wrong way. It's it's one of the most paralyzing fears ever, but you're so overcome by about a million other different emotions that fear really takes a back seat in it. But that, that fear, I remember 
picking up our our child like holding him within minutes seconds of him being born and i remember just staring at him like i i was terrified i was in awe i was absolutely in love i was i I can't explain it any parent on here you know what i mean there's no there's no way to properly explain that emotion or that range of emotions and to dylan or to any other expectant fathers here i mean just brace yourself but just let yourself go with it. I mean, like, there's there's no other way to explain it. I mean, I'm getting excited now just talking about it. So really enjoy it. Take in every second of it. And I guarantee you, there's it, it'll alter your life in a way that you never thought possible. You never even dreamed could exist. And in all of this, with anything you're afraid of, and again, that usually, usually if you're afraid of it, it means it's important. You know, it's something that you really do want but you're afraid of failing at it so i just challenge you to kind of to kind of go for it you know i mean you can fail at your boring mundane job or whatever your hobbies are now you can fail at any of that at any given time too so why not pursue your dreams or pursue that next goal even if there's a chance or even if it's a little bit higher risk like a higher chance of failure still go for it because you can fail at anything. You might as well fail at going for something you really care about, that you're really inspired by, that drives you forward. You know, just change your perspective on it. Be be afraid of be afraid of the idea of regret. Be afraid of the idea of not going or pushing yourself to the limits. You're just always going to look back and say, ah, I wish I'd done that or I should have done that. I could have done that, but I didn't. You know, kick through that initial door, move forward and be afraid of the regret that would follow if you didn't do it. Don't be afraid just because it might seem a little bit outside of your comfort zone, or you're a little bit insecure about it. Blow through those doors, push forward and be afraid of the regret that would sit with you for the rest of your life if you didn't do it. I think that's kind of a good place to stop. Um, Again, kind of just summarizing. Go for it, guys. You know, the only thing holding you back is yourself. Do your best to kind of push through that. I really challenge you to. And I mean, for myself personally, pushing through that first door of this podcast, it's been it's been a, a game changer. I mean, I feel this is just something that I can kind of pour my passion into, that I this is something that I really love doing, even when I'm trying to rack my brain for topics or, you know, trying to trying to organize interviews or whatever the case may be, it's all something that I care about so deeply that it never feels like a job. You know what I mean? It doesn't feel like a chore. It's something that I really enjoy doing. It's a passion project. And it's something that I'm continuing to move forward with. Again, now after this, I'm going to be what? 0.075% of the way to my 10,000 hours. So it's practice. I practice makes perfect. I'm trying to do whatever I can every week to get a little bit better and a little bit better until one day, you know, I'll look back and all these tiny little steps have added up to this giant ladder that I've just climbed. So that's kind of something to keep in mind. Again, you know, small incremental goals that we've already talked about that. And I will talk about that again with a personal trainer who's going to be coming on here. But Anyway, that'll be it for today. Uh, I hope you guys found some value in this week's episode. If you did and are interested in more content like this, please rate, comment, subscribe, and recommend the podcast to a friend. I really appreciate all the feedback you guys have given me to this point and look forward to hearing from you again. 
As always, the podcast page is The Plaid Jacket Philosopher on Facebook and at Jacket Plaid on Twitter. That concludes this week's episode. Thank you so much for the continued support and especially to those of you who reach out weekly with comments on each episode. Have a great week and I'll talk to you all again soon.